Yes, it is Monday, September 12, the Big Sports Breakfast, Sky Sports Radio. A very good morning to you. If you're just tuning in, plenty of fallout, isn't there, to the South Roosters match yesterday. An epic it was, 30-14, to 14, dramatic match at the New Allianz Stadium. The Bunnies are through, and they're through to play this weekend against Cronulla, also at Allianz Stadium. And that match is Saturday night. And the market with Tab has the Bunnies the slightest of favourites. They're $1.80. The Sharks are $2 in that match. And on Friday night at Combank Stadium, the Eels are $1.53. And Canberra $2.50. Did that market surprise you at all, Loz? Did you think the Bunnies would be favourites heading into this match against the Sharks? Uh, no, I didn't. I, 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 from what I see on the weekend, I, I think Cronulla should be favourites. Um, obviously, the fact that it's being played at Allianz Stadium will be an advantage. Uh, so, you know, that could be their home ground, South Sydney. I know they play out at um, Acor Stadium, but, you know, yesterday there was quite a number of South Sydney fans in that ground and they will travel, they'll support South. Um, we're unsure of what the fallout will be. We'll learn this morning about players maybe missing from this weekend's game. But I actually thought... The Sharks looked okay, even though they conceded plenty of points, like 30 points in a final. That's that's a lot. Uh, but the Cowboys have got plenty of weapons. Um, but the Sharks themselves, I thought they looked good. Mm, you can improve off that run, I would think. And they didn't. They looked like they came out of that game relatively injury-free. So I think they'll be the healthier of the two teams. Gee, the pressure's going to be on Parramatta this week, pup. They go out in straight sets. There will be eh, there will be some week. fallout. I'll win this week. They'll beat your Raiders. I'll win this week. Jeez, Whoa. did that just wow. come out of your mouth? Because mm. he was so confident last week about the Raiders beating the Storm, yeah. justified obviously. You're off the Raiders, and straight away you are in the Eels' corner. Yeah, do you want to take that back? Wow, I'm happy yeah. to give you the what, chance to take it back. What makes yeah. you think that? Oh, I just think the Parramatta they'll be they'll be ready to go. Raiders can't beat them. Oh, they can. But they won't. They can beat them. Oh, look, let's see what happens, I think. Listen, take it back now. Ricky's still sleeping at 7.13 this morning. No, he'll be listening. You're just putting bombs up for Warner Blake all night. You just said Parramatta will win. Yeah, I think Parramatta It's Monday morning. Yeah. I hope by Thursday you've changed your mind. We'll see. How, do, how can you be off the Raiders? They just smoked Melbourne. They were very, very good, the Raiders. You don't reckon they'll beat Para? Oh, I'm worried, concerned. My God, mate. <laughs> worried, concerned, but we'll see what happens. Little old Raiders, we get no oh, favours. You're hanging around my change room. Oh, I, oh, here we go. Here we go. We get no favours when we come to Sydney. Oh, this is no. good. Not this already. No favours. <laughs> Para should win. <laughs> Morning, Buzz. Oh, Morning, guys. We've got my back page for tomorrow. Nice. Says Canberra. What did you well, say? They can't win. Can't no, win. He said they're gone. We get no favours when we play in Sydney, Buzz. Oh, turn. We get no <laughs> favours, mate. <laughs> Short turnarounds. Yeah. Referees are always against us. We're playing at Parramatta's home ground. Oh, my God. We can't win. Oh, my God. Oh. Cry me a river, please. No, this is, it's a conspiracy this. against Canberra. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Stop the presses. Laurie Daly says Canberra gone. Canberra Canberra can't win. Story. Yep. A story. Buzz, surely Ashley Klein's refereeing the game. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can't win. I told you, we can't win. I want nine send-offs. Send nine off. You know what? I spoke to Graham Andersley last night. He gave actually Klein a rap for the way he... Oh, my God. God. He, Tell me you're he, joking. No, well, he actually said that it took a referee as strong as Ashley Klein to remove seven players from the field. Oh well, do, get him to do it next week and then get him to do it in the grand final and see how much yeah, support he'll have. Yeah, yeah, yeah just, just hold on. That game yesterday was a really, really bad advertisement for rugby league, okay? that That's my view. You agree with me with that? Oh, my God. I feel like it's under 10s. Well, yeah, there was some that? some some head highs. I agree with that, Buzz. But please, no, give me. It's not touch footy. Give me a break, Clarky. There were players on the football field yesterday who weren't there to play rugby league. <sighs> there were players. Yeah, well, you set a standard at the start of the game as well. They did set a standard, oh, they, mate. They sent oh, someone off. They sent someone off for flicking his ear. Give me a break. Listen, I, I, I tell you what the problem is with rugby league, and I've been banging on about it for a couple of years is we have the world's softest judiciary. So players will go out there and do these head-high tackles. They'll risk going to the sin bin, but they know they'll be fined and they won't get a decent suspension like we used what used to happen in the old days. Now, even sin bins now mean bugger all. They mean bugger all. Mm-hmm. South were reduced to 11 players yesterday for 10 minutes and they won that section of the game 6-0. So until they get serious and put players out of the game for that shocking bloody head slam that Hargreaves did on Tom Burgess and all those high tackles, Clarkie, don't play them down until right. players start getting suspended for these their actions. It'll, nothing will change. The sin bin doesn't work anymore. So, so you were happy with Victor Radley to be sin binned first up? I think that was a little bit of an overreaction. There. And then he set the standard, Buzz. That was the problem for mine. He overreacted hey, to that. What about the winger for South when he got sent off for touching well, touching someone's cheek on the ground? How dare you touch his cheek in a game well, of rugby how many league? Sin bins should there have been? Two? I'll give you three max. You actually watch this game, mate. It's stuff. the NRL, mate. It's at the highest level. It's that. It's it, that's the sport. It's like you know what? Don't bowl bounces in cricket. Don't bowl. Don't bowl bounces because if it hits you in the head, it hurts, and you can hurt someone. So don't bowl bounces. You have to pitch the ball up only. That's what we're trying to create in rugby league. Do you know Trent Robinson wasn't dirty? He, he blamed his players. Yeah, and and I, you know what? I, I, I think both coaches would have been. Rugby league like that. Go and watch UFC. It was rubbish. I watched that as well. It was rubbish that game yesterday. But yeah, but I think it, I think the, the refereeing, refereeing was rubbish. Give me Cronulla, Canberra, and the skills we saw. Oh, uh, give me State of Origin any day of the week. And the skill we saw on Saturday night. Tell me, give me some skill out of yesterday's game. Give me some skill. Tell me what was. <laughs> no, seriously, Laurie. Well, well, there was a there was some skill there. There was some beautiful uh, ball movement by South at times. Cody Walker, um, you know, the, the passing game that he he delivered yesterday was 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 first class. But for for me, Buzz, the bigger issue is that we have created a rod for our own back in terms of what's a sin bin, what's not a sin bin. 
Um, you know, you know why? There's a thing called concussion, Laurie. Yes. And there's a league... Right, so what Victor Radley did yesterday, that was going to lead to a concussion, was it? <laughs> oh, you're talking about one of seven. No, no there was a number What about of the winger and are, you happy, are you happy with players just staying down, not getting up to play the ball when the referees miss something? Have you got a, have you got the telegraph in front of you, page 48? Oh, yeah, I have. Hang on. Let why, me get it. Tell me, tell me why Victor Radley's bothered to clench his fist there. And, and it That's a still, Buzz. Oh. That's a still. Oh, that is a still. And he misses. He doesn't throw a punch. If you think, do you think that's a punch? Well, it looks like one. Oh, it looks oh, like one. Is it a punch or isn't it a punch? I'll have to have a look. Oh, hang on. Did you watch the game? <laughs> no, I agree yeah, with there's Burgess. There's a few of them. I, I be with the Tarn Milne tackle. Tell me the tell me the winger for South when he touches the player's cheek and gets sent off at the end there. Oh. What was that? What was that one? Well, you know what they should do with repeat offenders. If you're going to be sent in twice, the second time you should be off the field of play. You should be sent off, like in soccer. I, 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 yeah, I don't I mind could, that. I, I, I don't, don't mind, mind that, that either. Yeah, yeah, a no. lot of people went to that game yesterday, right? To watch a really good game of rugby league, and the best player on the field, James Tedesco, got hit high and taken out of the game. You guys are happy with that? No, I didn't say we were happy with that. <laughs> No, we didn't say we were happy with that. We said there were incidents in that game where we just looked at and thought, why are they penalised for that and why are they being sin-bin for that? The best player on the field was knocked out of the game with a high shot. Perfect. Send him off. Yeah, and and, and the referee... Send him off. So so he sent someone to the sin-bin for tapping... Someone on the head, and Victor Radley in the, in the early exchanges, and then Burgess hits Tedesco and in the head. And he gets sin bin. No, he doesn't get sin bin. Oh, he doesn't get off no, at all? No. He should have been sent off. So whose who's, who's problem is oh, that? Oh, now, now, now you're getting serious, Clark, this should have been a send off. Yep. Right, okay. Oh, okay. No, good refereeing. If that's not yeah, inconsistency no. right in front of you, I don't know what is. If you knew, if you knew more about rugby league, right? Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> You know nothing about You know everything because you played 100 test matches. Continue. <laughs> All right, let's go. You watch the same TV as I've watched. I've watched it for 41 years. You've watched it for 80. You played the same amount, the exact same amount of origin games as me. Clarkie, not one decision in a send-off these days is made by the on-field referee. Not one of them. Then you know what, Buzz? Take take the on-field referee away. Then if we're just going to go with the bunker to, to to rule the game, don't have anyone out there. The on-field ref has to have control. Yes, he gets advised by the bunker, but it has to be his decision. Otherwise, get him off the field. It's no different to a DRS made in cricket. Isn't that okay? The on-field ref has to have control. All right. If you enjoyed yesterday's game. If you enjoyed yesterday's game, seriously, <sighs> yeah. it was a shocking advertisement for rugby league. And for you, like, seriously, to be blaming the referee for two for players who weren't out there yesterday. Well, Buzz, who else are you going to blame? <laughs> so, so Tedesco gets taken out with a high shot. Nothing gets done. Nothing. No, hang on. You said we're blaming the referee. So what should have happened to the referee there? What should have the referee had done? The referee should have been. Yeah, and what did he do? He done nothing. So whose fault's that? Not mine. It's not Clarkie's. It's the referee's. <laughs> Hold on. He didn't. You're saying he did nothing. He put seven in the bin and you... Yeah, but he didn't no. send him into the bin for ruling the best player of the game out. He knocked him out. He couldn't. He didn't pass his concussion test. Yet we had people that were rubbing someone on the face 
and what Victor Radley did early, they both got 10 minutes in the bin for that. Why didn't Bird just get 10 for that one? Why don't you ask Grant Atkins who was in the bunker? Well, surely if you're... uh, He makes... Yeah, but Klein, can't can't he overrule the video referee? If you're in charge of the game, can't you say, I've seen that, I just want you to make sure this is what I have seen. Can you confirm that or should I go a bit harsher with my call here? referee, there is one referee on the game, on the field. There are six again, okay? He relies on someone in the bunker who's got half a dozen high-definition screens to watch half a dozen replays to calmly make a decision. To blame Ashley Klein for the debacle yesterday, he would not have sent one of those guys off to the sin bin without backing from the bunker. I can tell you that now. Well, the bunker has to back him, doesn't he? Well, the, no, the, the, the bunker bunk- and the referee... Are working no together. Referee. No, the, the bunker decides who goes off. You know that, Laurie. You know that. Yeah, but, yeah, but uh, uh, what I'm saying is he could have... Well, why didn't the bunker act then with George Burgess? Or, or Tom Burgess? I don't know. I don't know. So you all see a bloke leaving. That, that's all, what, I just get, I I just get confused with the inconsistency that happens. That's all, all. I know is the feud between South and East has now got out of control and that there were that many cheap shots out there yesterday. It was not good for rugby league. It was not. And I can't recall more than two or three really skillful moments in that game. It was all about bashing people. And it's not right. You've written today in the Telegraph Buzz about well, Brad Arthur and you know his poor finals record yeah, since he's been coaching just, at Parra. Can, can I just say one thing back on South? I want to give South a wrap here. Hmm particularly Latrell Mitchell and Cody Walker, because when they, you know, we've been into Cody for that he's been grumpy all year, but the way mm. he controlled himself yesterday in a real sort of fire, fiery sort of scenario out in the football field, and the way Latrell did too, and he's magnificent, South deserved that win, and I thought they were magnificent. No, they were good. And, and throw Cam Murray into the mix there too, Buzz. I mean, he was knocked out, what, in the yeah. second tackle of the game last weekend. And I thought he, along with those other two players, were the difference in yeah. the end yeah, for I, I South. I don't think it was an atmosphere where Cody could have lost it. Yeah. But with his season on the line, I thought he was magnificent. Yeah, well, there'll be no argument there. Um, as Vito mentioned, Brad Arthur, still under pressure because of his finals record, but should he be? No. I think most most clubs would be happy if they had a coach that was getting into yeah. the finals most years, wouldn't they? Yeah, well, you look at his finals record, which we've outlined in the paper. He's uh, had nine finals appearances and he's lost seven since 2017. The bottom line is, though, in the last six years, he's made the finals five times, but they just keep bouncing out. And what I wrote this morning is I think other clubs would kill for that sort of consistency. You, you can understand Trent Barrett, Nathan Brown, Michael McGuire, those guys were uh, dismissed, sacked, whatever you want to call it this year, because their clubs were hopelessly underperforming. But the fact we're even talking about Brad Arthur, I think, is a little bit unfair. I think other clubs would just kill to have that strike rate that he's got. I really do. And, um, yeah, I, I hope, 
you know, he can he can prove he can win finals football this week. But if they do bounce out, the, the blowtorch will be on him. And, you know, is that fair? I don't know. Um, Tigers will take him. Tigers will take that record. Yeah, well, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah I, oh, look, God. I can understand the the argument that if you know if he bounces out this weekend, that so you know he can't sense. take us to the to the next level. I get all that, but you still want a club that's set up in good fashion that is consistently there or thereabouts. Yes, everyone wants to win a competition, but you also got to realise that you know who you're going to get. Who you're going to get? Better. Who's going to be the best? coach to take us to that next level. Mm. Is there one yeah, out and, there that we can get at this stage? And you've also got to look at the scenario of that game the other day. And look, losing Mitchell knows what was there, a two-point gap in the score at the time, but mm. he did go off and they fell apart without their chief playmaker, their million-dollar chief playmaker. And look, I didn't think they played you know, as good as they could the other night, but the finals record is not good. But as you say, I'd love to follow a team as consistent as they are. Oh, I do, Cronulla. Um, but what about the Sharks, buddy? Can they bounce back? Oh, the Sharks. Wow. Um, I've never walked out of a football game with that gut-wrenching feel like the other night. They it was a good game. game one. What was eight minutes to go? They led by eight. And very hard to say they can bounce back because the petrol they lost and it was a pretty brutal game that went for how long? 93 minutes. So it's going to come back to some good recovery work this week, some good high performance, probably a lighter week of training. But I think they can bounce back. Um, I think they can beat South. Well, they beat South at uh, Shark Park. When was it? Five, six weeks ago, they beat them by a point. The trail missed a few field goals that night. But uh, no, no, I think the Sharks can bounce back. It'll, it'll be a great final. I, I just hope it's a bit better than yes. I hope we see a bit more football, that's all. Uh, and, uh, yeah, no, they, they were good. I, I mean, Jason Taumalolo in that game, Buzz, he got stronger and stronger as the game went on. He was outstanding. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you, you've got to give a rap here to as the coach, Todd Payton. And when Todd Payton started last year, he challenged publicly uh, Tamalolo that he didn't want 80 minutes and 280 metres Every week, the stats he was getting, mm. he wanted 65 minutes, 200 metres, but more powerful effect while he was on the football field. And what we saw the other night, he dragged the Cowboys over the line at the end of the game, scored the try, outstanding throughout. And we understand again why he is a million dollar forward, the, mm. the long term deal he signed a few years back. Gee, Joe Tarpany, oh, the Raiders can't lose him, Loz and Buzz. You've written about this today as well, that uh, plenty are going to be chasing him. Yeah, well, it's interesting. We're all talking about Cameron Murray's, uh, Cameron Munster's contract at Melbourne Storm, and he can talk to rival clubs in a few weeks, it's about six weeks' time. Um, I think Joe Tarpany will be sought after just as much. He's a great player. <clears throat> Excuse me, and he's... He's, to see the form front row in the comp, him and James Fisher-Harris are, I would suggest the Raiders can't lose him. But his manager, Jim Bannigan, told me yesterday half a dozen clubs uh, have expressed interest. Not many million-dollar front rowers around, are they? It's money normally reserved for uh, playmakers, half, five-eighths, fullbacks. But the Raiders are going to have to get up around that mark to keep him. So it'll be interesting to watch it play out. 
Have to leave it there, Buzz. Thanks so much. Yeah, it took me about 10 minutes to cool down. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, mate. See you, Buzz. Bye. Okay, men's final at the US Open, and Carlos Alcaraz won the first set against Casper Ruud. I think Ruud's break up in the second set, though, at the moment. Uh, 6-4, yep, 6-4. Alcaraz the first set, but Rude's up 5-2 in the second. So it looks like he's uh, close to evening the US Open final there. Uh, now, in the golf last night, the BMW PGA Championship over in England, Shane Lowry's won by one shot. And it was reduced to three rounds, so 54 holes due to, of course, the Queen's death and so much sport. There was no Premier League, for instance, over the weekend in the UK. The cricket was off for a day. Uh, but Shane Lowry's won that tournament. 17 under par from Rory McIlroy and John Rahm, who finished at 16 under. Gee, John Rahm shot a 10 under 62 in his uh, third round. So rocketing up the leaderboard there, the Spaniard. Uh, Best of the Aussies, they weren't in contention. Uh, Scott Hend finished 9 under for the tournament and uh, was the best of them. Uh, Minwoo Lee, Adam Scott, Jason Scrivener, all there at 8 under par as well. Uh, Did you see the cricket result? In the England South African game. Wickets galore, isn't there? Oh, my God. England need 33 runs to win. None for 90, aren't they, in the second None for 97. So, um, South Africa batted all out for 118. (laughs) Then the Poms, 158. Then South Africa out again for 169. (laughs) And now England. Tough batting conditions. Yeah. It seemed. Seemed seemed a lot. But that's what, two days. All these test matches yeah. have gone less than three days. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, because the first day was washed out. The second day, no play due to the Queen's yeah. death. Queens, yeah, and uh, that stumps One, two, on three. day four. So yeah. they played two full days of cricket, nearly got the whole Who test needs match. Five yeah, days. Amazing. Who needs five <laughs> days for test cricket? <laughs> amazing. Yeah, none for ninety-seven. England off seventeen overs, wow. chasing one hundred and thirty for victory after mm. all those wickets fell. Uh, so yeah, wickets galore. In that match, and yesterday, Australia beat New Zealand by 25 runs to win the third one-day international. What about as well, we're going to speak to Mossy later this morning. Sydney United 58 FC. Seems at Adenza Park yesterday, they've become the first NPL club to reach the Australia Cup final with an extra time 3-2 win over Brisbane Raw. And they'll play the winner of Wednesday's semi-final between MacArthur FC and the Oakley Cannons in that match as well. Um, in the AFLW on Saturday, GWS beat the Swans in their derby by 47 points. That was the inaugural Sydney derby in the AFLW. And in the NRLW yesterday, a very late Isabel Kelly 80-metre try ensured the Roosters beat Newcastle 18-16. And if you're just tuning in, very elegant last night, finished third in a field of six in a 2,400-metre group to a long shop. Uh, she led them up, so certainly against her pattern, but she pretty much had to. It was Adam Pengilly, I think he, he explained it well earlier when he said probably even still went too slow when she was out in front because uh, the pace was certainly uh, meandering just behind her. Uh, so in the end, she was beaten the length. Uh, she fought hard, though, and uh, it will be interesting to see what the Connections decide to do going forward with her. But I'm Thunderstruck, won the Group 1 down south on Saturday in the Maccabi Diva, ran down Alligator Blood, and in secret became the first filly to win the run to the Rose here in Sydney and looks set to clash with stablemate Golden Mile in the Golden Rose after Golden Mile won the Ming Dynasty on Saturday. And we've got Ali Mosley coming up in about 10 minutes' time to run us through it all 
Where's uh, Fitzy? There. Where's your girl? Foxy. Foxy. Fitzy. I've even forgot her name. I've forgot her name. Well, she hasn't she has, that's why I forgot her name. No, I can understand you forgetting her name when she when's, hasn't run. When's she on? Game day. Hopefully Wednesday. Yes, she's <laughs> in for a three-year-old fillies and maidens plate over 1,300. What's conditions like for Wednesday? Oh, Do we know? Not sure. Please be good. <laughs> Come on, the Fox. It's been a big build-up. <laughs> <laughs> Come it's been on, a massive the build-up for Foxy, hasn't it? <laughs> Give us a call, Jeez, 1353. excitement. <laughs> <laughs> 1353 uh, on the text line, 0419767272. Wow, there is about a million texts here about the Buzz v. Clark showdown. <laughs> you can catch it Buzzy. if you missed it on the podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Just search for Big Sports Breakfast if you want to catch up on uh, the debate over the match yesterday and the sin bins in the South Roosters game. But uh, heroes and villains this Monday morning. We've got Scotty on the line. G'day, Scotty. Hi, fellas. How are we? <laughs> Not too bad. Thanks, mate. What have you got for us? Mate, look, I've got to say, the uh, Cronulla Cowboys game, that has to be me heroes. Um, I think that was an absolute sensational game. But the villains, I don't know, it's got to be the NRL and the fans bringing up complaining about the sin bins. Now, I heard... Clarky and Buzz going at it, which is great. But as a former ref himself, I think the players have got to take some responsibility. What's your thoughts, boys? Oh, there's no doubt players have to take their personal responsibility. And uh, I'm sure coaches, uh, when they spoke to their players at half-time, would have been speaking to them about the fact they needed to calm down because Mm. the referee has set the precedent about what's acceptable and and what's not. but again, it gets back to the judgment call of the referee. And I think, this is just me personally, and again, it's different when you're out there in the pressure cooker environment mm. to make these decisions on the run. I think at times he overreacted and then left himself no leeway in terms of what was acceptable, what's not acceptable. And I thought he got confused with some of the decisions he made. I I think the build up the build up helps and a lot the, of emotion. It, it, it's there's a lot of emotion attached. But that's what we love about we sport. Love it. Yeah, we? That's exactly. Exactly. So we, we don't want to have no build up to the games because yeah. then it would be boring. And the rivalries. And, and again, you know, what, what some of the incidents that happened there yesterday, we're not condoning it. No. But there were some incidents there that we just thought didn't need to be dealt with the way they were. That that's all we're saying. We're we're not saying he made got every decision wrong. But for me, when I watched it, it was like, oh, geez, why did you do that? Mm. Why did you do that? And then, then it got to a stage where I thought both teams knew that he was under pressure, Klein, to continually make these decisions to give penalties or sin bidding that they just played from in the end. Mm. And then they just lie there. They just stayed there, waiting for the referee or the bunker to get involved. Mm. And that's what I don't like. Yeah. 
Scotty, appreciate the call, mate. Morning, Trent. Boys, how we going? Yeah, not too bad, thanks, mate. All right, that's the way. Hey, mate, I've got a new nickname for you, mate. Hit me. Mate, I'm going to start calling you Boo Bailey. You are the best weatherman going around. Oh. <laughs> oh, so I call you Boo, mate. I know how much you love the weatherman. Yeah, love it. It's his favourite part. Oh, you love it. Hey, Pup, have a crack at it next week. Yeah, actually, yes, weather. great call. Yeah, I'll give it Yeah, a we'll give Plucky the weather one day. Mate, I go. think that's not a bad shout. <laughs> I like it. So I, I still remember, what was that beer that you were flogging off when you first started, Pup? Oh, I don't know. I can't remember. Uh, you were flogging beer. something off. No, yeah, oh, he was, was doing a, he was doing some ads laws. I can't remember what they were. When <laughs> it first know. started, that must oh, have been oh, bad. Gee. I'm not going back there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it must have been bad. We can't read. Yeah, yeah. Good, and send it into good, the text yeah. line. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, what have you got for heroes and villains, mate? All right, look, no doubt the villain, but I'm going to go to the NRL as a whole. They've had a bad week. Um, you know the Taylor May saga, the NRLW Twitter Gate saga, and now the false footballer Ashley Klein saga. I mean, seven Simpsons on with you, pup. Absolutely. I'm glad you give it the buzz, mate. Well done. Congratulations. I think you won round one. So give it, give it to him next week. Might have to call Buzz at 901. Just check he's all right. It's <laughs> fine, mate. He's just in the fetal position, mate. He'll be I'll give him a hug. I'll go see him today and give him a hug. Don't worry. Mate, shout him lunch. You'll love that. Yeah. Give him a shout at lunch. But um, in the Heroes, boys, doesn't get this probably won't get as sold as it should. Sydney United, you know, you mentioned it earlier. Yeah. I mean, these boys are park footballers in a sense. They train three nights a week for probably max two hours. All right, Brisbane Raw, they train every day. They're full-time pros. And to beat them, I think it's a massive achievement for the game. It's fantastic that an NPL side's actually got through to the final. It really is. I mean, you know, the boys at Sydney United deserve a lot of credit. They probably won't get the plaudits they deserve, obviously, with the weekend that we've just had in the NRL and even the AFL as well, but... Even Mossy, he'll probably sing their praises as well. He loves Sydney United as much as the next bloke, but they deserve a lot of credit. And hopefully MacArthur gets through because then you wouldn't believe it, you know, there'll be a bit of a conflict of interest because the chairman at Sydney United is also the chairman at MacArthur. Ah, right. There you go. So he's involved with both clubs. So he's going to have an absolute field day if they both make the final. He just has to send a day to Campbelltown or King Tom. So that'll be the interesting one. But um, thanks for that, boys. Have a good one. No, I appreciate it, Trent. Good on you. Uh, we got Billy. G'day, Billy. G'day, boys. How are you going? Yeah, pretty good. Thanks, mate. Who's your hero and villain? Well, the hero would be the two games I watched on the weekend, which I, I didn't realise Ashton Klein was refereeing yesterday. I probably wouldn't rep- watch that because he's the villain. He, just, he did his best to destroy a game yesterday. Um, but my question to you, blokes, is this. What happens now? George Burgess, Tane Mill, all season, those things have, have, have brought suspensions. They can't be suspended because Peter Volandis came out last week and said it's not fair to the fans. Hence, Taylor May doesn't get suspended. They're still in the comp. What do you think? Well, the charge sheet is going to be interesting today. Well, the charge sheet will be interesting. Um, George Burgess' tackle on Tedesco, that's the one that they'll be looking most closely at, I would think. Um yeah, look, I, I think I think he will be charged, but depending on what type of grade he gets, I think all those players will be charged. Mm. I think most most of the players will be charged with something, you know. Um, but whether it'll be a fine or whether it's a suspension, I, I don't know how it's all going to play out. And I think Jared will be in um, in for a couple of weeks as well with the the head, head slam, slam. Yeah. on on Burgess. Um, but yeah, no, I. I I understand where you're coming from, but I, I don't know how it's all going to play out. But I would think most of those players yesterday 
will have a case to answer, but it might be financially or it might be looking at a game or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks, Billy. Ironic, isn't it, too, that Taylor Mays copped a one-week suspension. He's out of the prelim for a high shot on Friday night. And, and he's, he's got done a hamstring, hamstring as, as, well, as well, hasn't yeah. he? But they've got a lot of depth, Penrith. Yeah. I mean, you look at Penrith the way they played the other night. Um, I think we all expected them to win. Um, my, my big concern in that game is I just didn't think Parramatta put enough pressure on them, mm. both with with and without the ball. Uh, even though it was what close until the 60th minute, I Fury still didn't was think. Brilliant as well. Yeah, I just oh. just didn't think Parramatta Five games off. Were, were, were in that game really to go on and win it. So I didn't think they set themselves up to win it in the back half of the game because I don't think they were doing enough. Great days racing there at Rose Hill on Sunday. Joining us now, Sky Racing's Ali Mosley. Ali, good morning to you. Good morning. Yeah, it was a good day. I was just saying before, there were so many more people out and about, and I don't know if it was the weather or, or what it was, but it was just a good vibe. Yeah, and great fields, and uh, it's really laid a marker down for the spring, hasn't it? And let's start with the Ming Dynasty in the performance of this stern cult for Godolphin, Golden Mile. That was dominant on Saturday. Oh, incredibly so. And I, I spoke to Darren Beedman before it and I said, you guys have got a pretty big opinion of this horse, don't you? I just had a feeling and I sort of chatted to them through the week at track work and at different things. And they said, yeah, we do. He's been one that they've taken their time with. He's sort of a big, um, not doughy sort of horse. He's, he's obviously got a lot of ability, but he's um, a bit more of a laid back character. So they've taken a bit more time with him. So we didn't get to see a lot of him in the early days. And um, geez, he's got got a lot of ability Stern's really stamped him and he's just a just a lovely horse physically to look at lovely natured horse and I, I can't see why I, I don't know if he or in secret now is favorite for the golden rose but I'd be um tipping him over in secret I think what did you make of shades of rose on the weekend Ali super I can't believe I think she was in your um what was it your punter's Oh, yes. I had her to run first and you went against me, Ali, but we won't bring that up. Yeah. No, I thought I would remind you of that. Um, no, she was fantastic. For a horse to step up the way that she has just just proves how good she is. But out of that race, I actually thought this me was was the one to follow. She's obviously going for a cosy. Well, she's got a slot in the cosy, but I can't see why she couldn't go for, for group races. She's run fantastic sectionals, as she always does. And had she got clear air, she would have been certainly in in the finish in what was a, a pretty decent field. And I just think the the way they've had her, you know, they've nursed her back from from the setback is is phenomenal. And she's the one to follow from that race. I think it's me. Oh, Kiku, I reckon I've backed this horse several times. <laughs> <laughs> and there it comes but out and wins time. at $20 on the weekend. Uh, good performance in the Theo Marks, though. Yeah, it was. And actually, I thought Mr. Mozart was, was brave, too. He kicked back and, and things went wrong for him, too. Jamea, I thought, put in a big race. But, yeah, Kiko... Kiki's just been such a consistent performer, hasn't hasn't um, hasn't he for the stable, just for the star thoroughbreds as well, and she has sorry, and I I think um, she proved that on the weekend. But Mr Mozart definitely definitely has come back this prep. What horses are you following out of the meeting, Ali? So I'm going to follow it's me Waterford from the last race. Mm. He'll I think he he's got to win. He's got to be a Group One winner at some point. Um, Fireburn, I think our Golden Slipper winner actually came back pretty well. Um, she sort of maybe was not the hidden run of the race, but you could dissect it, you know, as much as you wanted. But I thought she's she's come back super, given that her work at home is always pretty plain. And then, of course, Golden Mile as well. Can I ask you? I mean, we did touch on uh, Espiona, but mm. what what did you make of her run, and where's she at? Do you think? I can't tell what to make of it, to be honest. I went back, I got back from the barriers, and I watched it about 
five times on the screen. Because she had a massive boom, it. hadn't she? She's got a massive yeah. boom. Yeah, and I, I, wanted, I, I wanted to find more merit in it, I think, than I did. Um, I don't know if she was just flat that day. I just thought she sort of loomed up and it, it, it just sort of didn't produce as much as we're all hoping. But, you know, when horses have such a big boom on them, that comes with the pressure as well for them to perform. So... You know, is, is it that? I'm not sure. I, I, I kept going back and watching it, and I just didn't. I just didn't know what to make of it. I'll, mm. I, again, I'd like to give her another chance, like Best of Bordeaux, but I'm just not sure. She wasn't nearly as impressive as I thought she would be. Ali, what did you make of Very Elegant Overseas? Oh, I, again, I thought she was super. I, I know everyone loves to to jump on a wagon when you know she doesn't perform as well as we all all hope that she will. I still. I still am of the opinion that, you know, she should have probably been done after the Melbourne Cup and she would have gone out as a as a hero. But I thought she, she put in a, a, a nice race nonetheless. And again, like, it, I think it would have been nicer if we'd been able to keep her here in Australia and, and send her off with a nice farewell. But um, a third in a group two over there, I think he's still a pretty good effort. Ali, uh, looking forward to the George Main, but it's probably going to get overshadowed by the, the shorts this weekend and uh, the Everest preparations in full swing. Yeah, it certainly is. And from the crowd that was out yesterday, it feels like it's not too far away. All the, you know, all the younger crowd as well. I know Rose Hill has a crowd a little bit more like that, but um, no, it feels like it's um, well on the way and it's what everyone's talking about now. And I think it's still exciting because we've still got slots to be locked away. I mean, who will Coolmore choose? I know they had a chat to Tom Magnier after the races and I don't think Best of Bordeaux is necessarily off their list at the moment, but I, I also think he's more of a 1,400 metre horse because he's just that sort of... Um, one-paced grind. Sort of, you think he's got this speed, but I think he's actually more one-paced and he just sustains it. So I'm not sure that he's not more of a 1,400-metre horse. So who will Coolmore go for? Of course, Bon Ho, we assume, will go with Classique Legend. But, you know, Classique could take another slot and Bon could choose someone else. It's um, it's uh, just really interesting, particularly given that we don't have the full field locked away yet. So the shorts will see a few shape up. Thanks so much, Ali. Chat later in the week. Thanks, guys.